Hello, you wonderful people, and welcome to episode number seven of the Being Sapien podcast. My guest today is none other than Lawrence Price. He is an absolute wizard when it comes to the health and fitness industry. He's been in it for about well, well over a decade now, I'd say, and he's probably seen every sort of client type and every trend come and go over the years. He navigates an incredibly busy lifestyle from London and Hampshire, where he's got two kids and a wife um, so you can imagine sort of traveling to and from london and trying to navigate your personal life and a busy professional life um, he's kind of you know he, he's managed to make it work and he's incredibly successful at what he's done um, in this episode we kind of discuss what it means to be a man nowadays in 2021 um, the sort of stigmas that surround that uh, quite deep on this subject to be honest with you and it's, he's got a very very strong outlook on it and if we had more time we would have definitely uh dig deeper on it he was just cut short a little bit which is totally fine short episode but amazing amazing conversation um we did touch a little bit on mindset as well which i'm huge on and obviously as you guys know um you know we, we talked about yeah trying to take positives from negatives but at the same time surrendering to negatives is super important because you know most people grow from negative situations and hardships and adversities as, as, as most of you probably know. Um, and if you haven't experienced any hardships or adversities that you've grown from, then lucky you. Um, but yeah, let's get cracking with the conversation of episode number seven. It's an absolute blinder. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number seven of the Being Sapien podcast. I'm joined here today with one very special gentleman. His name is Lawrence Price. How are we, sir? Lee, oh, I'm even better now I can see. The beauty of Zoom, I can't just hear your dulcet tones. I can see your handsome visage, and I feel good. You've already elevated my vibration, so thank you for having me. <laughs> What an entrance, what an entrance. Absolutely love that. Um, so for those that don't know Lawrence, I mean, I'm going to explain a little bit about Lawrence uh, in, in the intro. But yeah, he's a, he's, he's a man that I'm definitely, uh, I see as an inspiration in the industry, been in the industry for a very long time. Um, he's an absolute gentleman. He, he, he's kind of done it all when it, when it comes to fitness. But, you know, it's not just all focused fitness, fitness, fitness. He's got a bit of a model background and he also does a lot when it comes to sort of mental health and mindset as well. Um, things you don't really see behind, behind closed doors, but it's super important. And and yeah, I'm very excited to dig a little bit deeper into, into your life. But for, for the listeners, my man, um, who are you? What do you do? Where do you come from? I'm a Welshman originally, Lee, although um, I lived in London for 10 years. I now live in Hampshire, um, still work in London a number of days a week. I'm kind of in and out. So um, I was born in Bermuda. Um, I'm very confused about when people ask me where I'm from, what to say, but I, I consider myself Welsh. When it comes to rugby, I'll strongly support the Welsh rugby team, but I also, you know, do consider myself, you know, I, I'm sure lots of people disagree with this, but there's, there's, a, there's a big bit of London running through my veins now as well, but I've got, as I say, only one foot in London now and one foot in the countryside in Hampshire, which is where I live with my family. And I'm a personal trainer, um, model, as you say, which kind of happened accidentally, but I just roll with it. And um, yeah, massive mental health advocate, having learned the life lessons that I have, um, understanding that um, the way you, you poise yourself um, emotionally and mentally, or at least the way you understand um, your emotional reactions to the world around you is a, is a massively important tool to optimizing your life experience and emotional wellness. So 
uh, in many ways, I, I pin um, also my, my physical training on that now in terms of, you know, if you'd asked me 10 years ago what my prime motivation around fitness and training would be 10 years ago to 15 years ago, like most young guys, it would be about aesthetics and sports performance. Um, and mm. while I'm not denying that, that that still plays an important role, it's much down further down the pecking order now. At the top of the list is, yeah. um, is pursuing emotional wellness or exploring emotional wellness through a fitness-led lifestyle. And that's pretty much how... I explain my philosophy nowadays. Yeah, I, I also think I've expanded on that in some of the previous podcasts when I talk about my own training and how my own training has sort of very much morphed into more performance-based. And when I say performance-based, I'm talking performance physically and maybe performance mentally. Um, I know how important it is for me to keep mentally sane and training plays a huge part in that. Granted, like everyone likes to look good in the mirror, but like if you kind of focus and, and chase an aesthetic goal, it's very hard to, to achieve that because I don't feel like you're always going to be happy. There's always something you want to change. Um, so yeah, I couldn't agree more with like um, training playing a huge part in the mental state. It, it, it lifts your, I mean, talking about the start of this, you know, I was saying how you were sort of lifting my vibration as it were. And, you know, but training does that, doesn't it? You can feel really mm -hmm. shit, really frustrated and have what we would perceive as a negative energy within your internal environment and then you go train and you use that energy for a positive outcome i.e improving your physical and emotional uh, health um through training and um you know it's uh training is a great way of of almost flipping on its head the symptoms um that often we can feel from a challenging world around us and you know our body in training it's almost like it's like the anchor in a in a rough sea and particularly turbulent world in which we live in now particularly we're exposed to far more information as than we've ever been before with with social media and the rest of it um it's very easy to feel all at sea it's very easy to feel the choppy waves around you but you, if you keep returning back to your fitness and your training it's it's like the anchor that grounds us and reconnects us to ourselves reconnects us to the present moment absolutely yeah you're definitely you know that for sure um i kind of want the overarching topic of this podcast to be uh, what it means to be a man these days, um, what it means, um, what stigmas are involved around that. Um, is it the same now as it used to be? Um, there's, there's plenty of this going to kind of go into this. Um, but whilst we're kind of starting this topic, uh, I want to kind of discuss, you know, you're a, you're a husband, you're a father. At the same time, you're trying to juggle. Did you say farmer or father? You can, you're probably a farmer as well, mate. Well, when I was younger, <laughs> I... And my mother reminded me of this the other day. I wanted to be a farmer and look after my grandmother <laughs> on the land, rearing my own sheep, carrying them over my shoulders. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, as I say, I've, I felt this calling to return back to the countryside. So maybe, I, maybe I'll end up being a farmer as well. Well, maybe as I've just manifested that for you, mate. Maybe, you I, maybe that was my... <laughs> after this, after this uh, conversation, I'm going to damn well go off and become a farmer. Thank you. You are, you are parked up in a... <laughs> They, um, uh, a Greek, a Greek, where are you? Hampshire, yeah, but you're parked Ham up in a, in a car park. Somewhere. Oh, oh, right where now, gosh, yeah, so yeah, you're in a garden center. I'm in a garden center car park, yeah, so maybe you should be, <laughs> maybe you're going to get your bits to be a farmer, <laughs> mate. <laughs> in my car, I may add. I mean, my so this is part of my kind of routine. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving Hampshire and, and I'm driving to London to work with my PT clients tonight, and um, I was struggling to find signal, it wasn't happening for me and so i've ended up uh by fate serendipitously in 
<laughs> a garden centre car park having this conversation. So in front of me right now, I can see about 100 uh, sapling Christmas trees, which will probably be ripe and ready for Christmas 2028. Keep them, uh, <laughs> I'll keep them in mind for future efforts. So, so what anyway. you just said there is, is absolutely perfect. You know, how, how do you juggle a life of being a husband, being a father, um, but also, you know, juggling also a, a pretty full-on professional career? It's tough. I was thinking about it. You know, you get, you know, when you when you're a family man, as I am, you know, you, you have more responsibilities. Of course, we all know this. You get more curveballs, um, but you get, you know, if you get deeper fulfillment through raising a game, through supporting the family, through seeing your kids flourish and grow and you nurture them. Um, it is. And I don't want to sound like I'm reeling out the, cl the cliches, but it is Im uh, immensely rewarding. Um, <clears throat> and for the last couple of weeks, you know, we went on the holiday to Wales for a week, the week before last, and we, we had wonderful weather. It, we were in a lovely secluded spot and it was real special family time and then came back to, to work last week, real busy working week. And I was uh, jumped straight back in with both feet every day, kind of smashing it from early until, until late and getting real satisfaction, feeling great energy about the week. Um, and just generally feeling very high on life and fantastic. And then the last couple of days, our, our son developed this, this cough. And of course, with COVID, it means that you can't take any chances. You've got to get them tested. Everyone has to self-isolate and it becomes very difficult for you all to do what you want to do. And I'm in the throes of a very busy part of my, my working life. And all of a sudden you feel like your hands are tied slightly. And then you feel almost a sort of um, a bubbling up of anxiety because you feel like on one hand you want to really really um, do your best for the family and put 100% into your your work so you can um, give them what they need to be to be secure and to nurture and to grow and the rest of it but then at the same time sometimes you have to step back from that and and take care of uh, and be very hands-on as a parent and work has to take a bit of a back seat um, yeah. and um, and so you know you, you have to learn to accept uh, that the ground beneath your feet is is and it's the same in the wider world, right? It's constantly moving, it's constantly changing, mm -hmm. shifting, evolving. We don't always have full control over everything. So I'd say parenthood is a game of um, it's a game of releasing and surrendering to the uncontrollables. Um, that that ground as it moves below your feet, but um, whatever you can positively impact and whatever you can do uh, to be the most powerful version of yourself, and that means both as a, as a father, but also professionally, um, you've got to sort of really step up to the plate and take complete ownership because it's not just you you're working for now anymore. You know, you've got people relying on you. So it's a, it's a game of kind of letting go um, whilst also applying yourself as hard as you can in certain areas. Yeah. So when coronavirus first came around and lockdowns came around, did you then find you had this sort of time that you've never had before to then really focus on family life and focus on like, you know, the, the priorities at the time that makes you like kind of really feel good. And it probably had time to see your family grow and flourish more than you've ever had to have done before. Right. Yeah. Again, like I, I feel like my default mode is quite high energy. I, I, I'm, I get quite, you know, excited <laughs> about, about life and about work and about applying myself. And that's, it's, it is a positive, but it can bubble over into an anxious state so I can go too far. And, yeah. you know, I, 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 I've definitely gone through periods, for instance, where my daughter was born four years ago. Um, 
and obviously my wife who's a teacher is on maternity leave and I just you know just threw myself into work 110 miles an hour as much as I could because I wanted to do what I sort of mentioned just earlier and step up to the plate and provide them with safety and security like every father does um and and then we had a second son born a number of years later and again I was sort of like pushing myself pushing myself pushing myself and as as we got up to sort of um COVID you know without realizing I'd I was probably like a lot of people in a bit of a spin, just, just throwing energy left, right and center, a bit of a headless chicken, trying to do everything. Um, and then obviously the brakes were slammed on. Um, and after that initial shock and questioning over what would the immediate future look like, you know, from a working capacity, particularly, as you know, very well in the yeah. fitness industry, all gyms closing and the way we're working, you know pivoting and shifting overnight once once that initial anxiety had subsided then it became on a personal level extremely uh, like a extremely healing um time for me the first month or two because as you say i was able to spend more time with the family i was able to see my son who wasn't even one at the time develop from a baby into a toddler um and to be able to spend day in day out with him again comparing to my daughter who when she was born I had to spend four nights away a week in London just to sort of because the working hours of PT is you know sort of early to late it didn't make sense to to live to live with the family in Hampshire during this, during this period so I I was able to kind of really embed myself with the family um, and to really bond and see them grow but also on a personal level I was able to slow down to breathe um, to walk through the fields to to see the nature around me and to fully appreciate life in its immediacy, which is something which I probably um, didn't stop and take enough time for previously. Um, so yeah, it was, it's, it's pretty how momentous. Did, how did it feel to navigate that? How did it feel to really like, I know as well as you, like a PT, like PT's life, if you are someone who's pretty like full on and successful and you've got a like, decent client base and you know, you might be hustling online as well. Like is it's not just a nine till five. Like, you know, we, we work sometimes from six till, you know, seven, eight at night. You know, we might have gaps throughout the day, but like it's a full on day. How did it, how, how did it initially sort of make you feel when you had that sort of time to, okay, this is probably the first time in my life for a very long time. Where I, can, I actually have the ability to slow down, breathe and focus on things that are probably a little bit more important than just work, work, work. Well, initially, I probably felt a bit lost, a loss of identity, because as you say, it's a full on job. And I'd always probably um, visualize my identity as someone who's constantly on the go, constantly um, trying to create that buzz around my work, trying to network, trying to be there for clients. And, you know, I'd always pr um, prided myself on that, um, that energy. And so there was probably there was probably a bit of a wobble, a moment of like, ah, so I'm, I'm not on the go anymore. I'm not sort of pushing myself out and about getting the steps up you know going from east london to west london you know as we do every day yeah. and you know up and down zigzagging around and um it was a sort of a moment of sort of okay well if i was if i was creating in my head a sense of my identity around that guy well who's this guy who's kind of who's who's no longer up and out the door in the mornings and and the rest of it um but again i had to from a mindfulness point of view um it's recognizing that and then it's allowing that emotion to be there and then um, ultimately learning to let to let go of that internalized sense of what my identity is because it's all acceptance right just accepting yeah. and as you say like you said earlier about like just 
releasing yourself and like you know surrendering yourself to the current situation you know okay we've been put in this position where we have always been go 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 and all of a sudden it's like break slammed on uh i'm in a position where I, it's foreign to me i don't know it i've never never had to navigate a world like this before um okay sit back yeah read adapt and now focus on things that are actually important right here right now exactly uh exactly and um you know i i fall into the trap as i say the way i'm my disposition to to be quite high high energy and i, I sometimes fall into the trap of potentially becoming a busy fool thinking that the success of a day is measured upon how knackered I feel at the end of it, as opposed to how productive yeah. I've been, which is a trap yeah. I've, I've, I've fallen into a lot, of course. But um, I was probably, you know, again, surrendering. I was probably confused. I was probably confused because I was having days in which I was being productive, but I was also able to spend time with the family. I was all able to do a lot online. I was able to sit back and take stock. And once that sort of clouded, clattered, mind of which often comes when you're when you're kind of busy and doing a thousand things at once 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 the clarity returns and the dust settles i was probably having deeper insights and remembering more about who i am what i could offer to the world um and then eventually allowing that to manifest itself through my my day-to-day -day actions without covid i don't know what the next few years would have been like if i would have just kept escalating and escalating the energy and yeah. that would have ended up being potentially detrimental to my you know fight or flight system and the rest of it Agreed. you know but both personally and professionally right you would have kind of been on this track that the only track that you ever knew and it, it might you know, i'm not saying this this would happen but something might have happened personally in your life or professionally in your life which you know wouldn't have taken shape if coronavirus and those lockdowns didn't come about otherwise so like you know we've, we've kind of guided ourselves in the best way we know how as yeah we have had that hustle mentality we've had to adapt but at the same time we have also appreciated the fact that we are human and we can slow down like anyone else. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that, that's, that's one of the biggest teachings I think for not just myself, but you know, you look at the corporate world and the way that they're changing the way people are able to, to combine working in the office and working at home in the future and the rest of it. And we, we I think we've all as a, as a, you know, you're, you know, as, as, as sapiens, you know, being sapien, as uh you know the human race we've we've uh we've possibly associated we've or we've confused being busy with being productive um and i yeah, think we're definitely. getting a better grasp of that through this forced um hard stop assess yeah. and then change the way we we go about our, our business and we've all had yeah. to have some sort of mass acceptance about covid it's again we've all been practicing mindfulness in a certain degree we've all been surrendering to uh the means beyond our control um and we've all had to adapt it's been you know for, for, for all of the negative wider concerns of which there'd be many both financially and medically um tragically from um, a personal level we've all had to sort of adapt and that's probably been uh, a wonderful and um, a positive thing to see yeah definitely Definitely. So get on to the subject of uh, what, it, what it means to be man. If I was to sit here right now and say, Lawrence, mm -hmm. what does it mean to be man? What's the first thing that comes into your head? It's a, it's a huge topic and it's one that I've been arm wrestling with, with a number of my friends recently, because, you know, there are a number of peripheral debates that, that can ebb and flow in and out of the argument. So I won't go there um, because I know that um, 
you know, that's a conversation that we could have. And again, with the different, you know, the different energies that we have, you know, again, we're all, we're all trying to search for the definition of um, the masculine, of the feminine. And we still, there's still different schools of thought around this. People are still trying to figure it out. Um, but ultimately I've settled on, um, for me personally, understanding that the feminine and the masculine energies run through me. Um, I embrace yeah. both and everyone, you know, um, whether you count yourself as a man, depending on, on your, your gender stance, again, you know, they're more, they're more wider sort of uh, debates that we could, or conversations that we could have around this. But if you're counting yourself as a man, uh, for me, it's about embracing all the energy that flows through me, um, allowing that. And in terms of my internal environment, and then in terms of my external environment, it's, it's seeing others and allowing others to be exactly who um, they truthfully are with with compassion for them and their story whilst being whilst owning my truth um as i say which is about the the energy that runs through me um on my internal um environment um yeah and then you know it's it's also so you know there's there's soft energies they're harder energies they're dynamic energies they're ones that slow down we're multifaceted as as humans we're not just one thing and often we get told that we have to be one thing or we have to be another thing because that means we mm. fit into society and it means that other people can understand us better and I think we're learning more and more now that that's bollocks we've got freedom to be who we want to be whether you're um whether you're man or other um but then with regards to my kind of harder energies my warrior er energies within me um a big part for what makes me count myself um as the man i am is is, is about taking ownership as well as about owning my truth um yeah. accountability and i've found that there's huge liberation in that um the good and the bad so you know again mistakes i've made as well as successes i've had to own it all um and to accept that i as as a human are constantly evolving and i'm a very different person like we all are you know I'm a yeah. very different person now to who I was five years ago to five years before that and so on and so on yeah. emotionally because I've had life yeah. experiences. Well, this is the thing. I think this is the thing, the, the huge thing that I've found with my own growth, especially. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 26. I've still got a long old way to go. Um, but I am so much more emotionally intact and in tune with myself than probably I ever have been. You know, I listen, I listen to what's going on internally and I probably address it way more than they used to, whether that's like reaching out to a friend or, you know, sitting down with a parent or just like, you know, actually addressing the situation rather than like letting things bubble up. I think there's this stigma that goes around, you know, I mean, men and female mental health is equally as important for sure, but there's a reason why men potentially find it harder to, to, to speak out because there's this sort of whole connotation of men's ego, right? And men potentially feel or are deemed as weak if they speak out. Um, well, like, why why can't you be a man and why can't you be seen as weak? You know, weakness is not necessarily a bad thing. If you're surrendering to weakness and understanding that the issue or the thing that's building up inside you is, is something important and needs to be addressed, then, like, why can't you be classed as weak? Like, surrender to the weakness and understand that addressing it is by far stronger than it is weak. Absolutely. I think uh, vulnerability is the big, is, is the big term that pops out for me here. And uh, some of the strongest acts that I've done or seen 
other men do have been when they have been embracing their vulnerability to its core mm. and they've been speaking openly about uh, a way they've been feeling that you can see tears in their eyes they're finding it very incredibly hard to open up about it but they're being vulnerable they're putting that on the line um and um again it comes back to um what society has often tried to draw a picture of what it is to be a man and misled that it's all about some sort of locking down of emotion um that's the masculine energy you know you don't you sort of stiff up a lip and the rest of it um do you think and, there are traits or characteristics that are non-negotiable as a man what do you mean lee as in like do you think there are certain characteristics or certain values or you know ways that a man should carry themselves that are non-negotiable you know or do you feel feel like oh so so, so it's, moments it's where individualized they moments where they should um, be be hardened and not open up emotionally. Agreed, yeah. Um, different, um, again, I, these are questions that I've been sort of raising over the years as well and having conversations with my friends about it. And there's a difference between vulnerability and, and, and again, owning your, your vulnerability and being able to speak about... Um, speak about things that are hard but also not um you know not seek not not seeking out being a victim as well because we can we you know that, that sometimes there, there's a certain hardness that that comes with that um through not um developing a, a victim mentality at the same time it's different to being um vulnerable and open about the emotions and difficulties that you're having and i think that there are times where we might feel in a professional capacity in a sporting environment in a team environment we might feel certain um uh certain challenges emotionally but we know that it's about binding those around us and it's about sort of you know developing a cohesiveness within a team structure um knowing there's a reason around it right there's a, yeah there's a reason why there might be certain uh, certain elements or yeah, as you said, being in a sporting environment or in a professional environment where you do need to step up and be hardened and take take the reins and you know potentially be a leader. There are, are, are there are parts of our life where we do need to go. Do you know what? Like this is the time where I need to show my masculinity, show my hardened state, and apply it. Um, yes, um, and the same go the same goes for, for 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 the for the weaker side and the vulnerable side. Where like okay, there are times where you know okay, this is my time to settle down, like tune into my emotions and actually you know, open up about the, the, weak, the, the weakness state. Yeah, Carl Jung, the psychiatrist, talked about the four archetypes of man. Um, so you have four elements to our, to our persona, to our being. You have um, the warrior, the lover, um, the magician and the king. And each one um, has an, three versions of themselves, a, a sort of an elevated version, a deflated version, and at its best version. And each of those kind of emotional states, you know, whether it's, um, you know, belongs to, to each one, for instance, the lover and the persona around the lover will be very vulnerable and gentle and open. Whereas there'll be times where the warrior has to step forward and be very, very strong in battle and to stand up for what they need to stand up sometimes put on a bit of a fr front and step up to the mark um 
and I, I suppose you think, think a person can have both can, can someone be a warrior and a lover so so everyone would have all four facets all four. so and within each four archetype as i say there's three variations so technically there would be according to this school of thought 12 different personality states that we could access or mm. if we weren't self-managing would would control us for instance a, a deflated warrior might be um a personality type that would be a bit of a grandstander a bit of a sort of show off a bit of a sort of like look at me as i you know perform in the in the arena as it were whereas at his best they would be graceful in victory or defeat um so you've got different you've got different facets within each of the four archetypes but that's the point really is that you have within you a warrior and a lover and a magician mm. you're able to cultivate this this magic this vibration through your skills and your talent but you know how yeah. to use them wisely and it all comes yeah. back to the king as a man if you can sit as the king and have ownership of all four archetypes know when to be soft and gentle for me that's with my kids my wife mm. know when to be hard and to be the warrior and to stand up for what you believe in um yeah. and that's again the warrior element coming through in other facets of my life i think that's incredibly liberating to get to a position where you can actually control them and know when certain certain times suit a specific traits so like okay this is my time to be a warrior this is my time to be a lover this is my time to stand up and be a magician and be more of a tactician and think about what i'm about to do and get into a emotional state where you can control that is so powerful because you can really own in on the cave what is my task at hand now and what sort of personality do i need to apply to this task to get the best out of it 100% and it, exactly that's exactly it and it works both ways as well so I, I said the deflated warrior I meant sorry inflated warrior the grandstander you might have moments in your life where you're being you're being run by these elements these facets of the, of the archetypes that don't serve you that don't serve your values and your greater good and you might see yourself being a bit of a grandstander or a bit of a show off a bit of a arrogant whatever it might be so it works both ways you can understand you can then you can then through through, through stepping back and recognize that coming through within yourself, rein it in and say, okay, that's a part of me that I don't want to express. That's not who I want to be. And you can manage it and you can bring it back into uh, the warrior at his best who leads gracefully from the front with honor. Um, so yeah, it works both ways. Yeah, powerful. Uh, how, how important is, is mindset to you? How important is applying yourself in the right way through hardships, adversities, or you know, even even when you know things are things are good and you're feeling optimistic about life, how important is it to apply yourself correctly to to the right situation? The way I see it is that you've got the the world around you as you sit there and talk to me is very different to the world as I see it around here. It all comes down to perspective, right? We've got outer environments and we have inner environments. Um, the the outer environments, circumstances around us will often um, affect and shift the the internal environments within us and I guess mindset is the ability to either cultivate a certain inner environment in order to proceed into the outer environment in which you're experiencing or from a mindfulness point of view to be able to understand when the outer environment is affecting the internal environment in a way that is negatively affecting your life experience and the way you're seeing the world and where you're feeling the way you're um being in the world so um 
again, it works both ways from that point of view. And I think that having a toolkit, the mental tool, toolkit to be able to um, observe either, I'm not saying that that we should always try and wrestle our mindset into being a certain way. For instance, always being in a positive mindset isn't helpful because there'll be times when we're not. And again, we'll get frustrated with ourselves if we're not feeling um, positive and then we'll try and fake positivity and then that's bearing emotions and not truly feeling them. So it's also sitting yeah. in the darkness and accepting that and learning how to be with that as much as it is about elevating a vibration as well and knowing when to mm. cultivate a higher vibration. Um, yeah. And you can do this through a number of different ways through, through um, designing your external environment, the way i.e. you, you perform your data. We talk about, you know, atomic habits and the rest of it. That's basically, you know, the way you wake up, what you, what you eat, what meditation practices, if you exercise, um, when you don't look at your phone, when you do look at your phone, all these, all these little habits are actually ways in which you are um, designing your external environments to give your internal environments the best chance to be um, balanced in a state that's going to allow your true deeper wisdom to come through. Um, yeah, I love that. But then there are also, as I say, you know, there are times when your internal environment is going to feel um, challenged in some way. And it's learning to sit with that to allow it to be um, and and to slowly um, learn to love yourself, I guess, with, without yeah. wanting to sound like, you know, I'm throwing the love self-love uh, hashtag in there. But it's a big one, isn't it? And we've often got confused about what, what self-love is. And it's loving yourself entirely, whatever um, state yeah. um, or emotion you, you find yourself I in. Feel, I feel like I definitely as an individual grow when I'm in that self-reflection state and I'm in that sort of, um, I, I try no matter what in, in most situations of my life to apply myself in the most positive way possible. You know, like I'm very optimistic, you know, it can sometimes go against me, but like I do try and okay, okay like, you know, yeah, it's shit. The current situation is not ideal, but know what, like let's just try and apply myself in a bit, better way, you know. Uh, hopefully fingers crossed that it, it works out i do i do most of the time have that mentality and i try and like apply myself that way but there's definitely be times even over the last sort of week or two where I, like i've had a bit of a struggle and i've had like this, this these thoughts going around in my head and you know sitting there for half an hour hour actually d deep in thought and thinking and trying to like figure out why i'm in this thought process and surrendering to it and, and and speaking about it internally to yourself and figuring out okay it's okay for me not to be positive it's okay for me to sit back and actually think and take a breath and you know really understand you you're allowed to do that you don't like as much as Mimi and you might might class ourselves as incredibly positive people, you know, we don't jump out of bed, do 10 star jumps, four burpees and off we go of our day. Like we're not always like the most positively applied people. It's just how we actually combat that and turn, flip all the negatives into positives at that specific moment, but know that at one point or another, we're probably gonna have to address that, neg that negative and knowing when to address that negative is probably the, the more powerful tool. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if you if you develop and you're on that personal growth journey, as you are, as we are, we all are, um, who choose to be, um, then you develop a toolkit to to help, don't you? And to do that, and of course, Definitely. the the process of share of talking 
with people is obviously a huge um a huge tool within that and having the the strength to be vulnerable vulnerable enough as we're talking about earlier to to have those conversations and to tell people when you're in the when you're in the darkness and how you're feeling and to accept that it's as you say the name of this podcast being sacred it's that's being human it's normal it's it's natural to a large degree um we've got a full range of emotions to experience um and we should share that with each other we should we should feel completely free and liberated to to be able to speak openly and share with each other and not to feel like that's a a negative that we need to batten down the hatches over and and somehow fabricate positivity and carry on with our lives um because denial denial is is destructive yeah agreed um do you think anyone can have a growth mindset do you think or do you think there are certain people that are sort of predisposed to having a growth mindset and others others are maybe sort of stabbing in the dark nature nurture who knows for me i've always uh i think look back on my life and the the things that have got me to really embrace personal growth you know it's always come from adversity it's always come from challenges i've had in my life um that's when i've discovered the most about myself and that's when i've discovered that i don't want to be someone who's angry with the world for negative things that have happened i want to be someone who um who is able to sort of grow and learn build resilience um and uh yeah just to grow from every experience, good or bad, as it were. And if, if you grow even from the bad experiences, then no experiences becomes bad, as it were, because you're always going to, you're always going to grow. You're always going to find something positive from it. Well, that's why I've always, I've got a bit of a saying. I, I got this from another podcast actually. I'm going to steal it and make it my own. But um, I don't believe in failures, only lessons. Nice. So, yeah, it's true. That negative, trying to flip that negative negativity on his head and being like, "Okay, yeah, you know, this is a potential failure that I've I've I've, I've run into." But what can I take from that failure to know that mm. next time it doesn't happen, or if I run into a similar situation, I know how to handle it in a better way. It's an incredibly powerful mindset to have, as opposed to the defeatist mindset. To mm. to to accept that that failure is a part of growth is is one of the huge building blocks to. To building the kind of life that that you want right it's amazing Agreed, yeah and there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of very very successful businessmen that didn't succeed the first time or incredibly successful scientists that didn't didn't succeed the first time you know if they gave up at the first time of failure would they be where they're at now 100 not um and we probably wouldn't be sitting in the world we are today you know um the squiggly line of successly the squiggly line that's it yeah, there'll be times where it. you feel like you're dropping down sometimes where you're moving forward but it's all part of it's all part of progress it's all part of the growth yeah there's a an old chinese tale that i saw years and years ago which is the tale of the red wall and it talks about a red ball of wall and there's a start point and an end point and if you were to throw both ends up into the air you know the, the ball of wall is going to get tangled it's going to get you know like there's going, to, there's going to be all sorts of happens in the air until it hits the floor. It hits the floor. You've then got to figure out from point A to point B of how to get there. Or like you're kind of like, you've got to wiggle your way through this ball of wall to find the end goal. And I think the more people realize that, you know, life isn't a straight line and there are going to be times where you're going to run into a brick wall. You're going to run into a fence that you've got to jump over the top of. But like knowing how to to manage that situation and manage that hardship and overcome that and learn from it is incredibly powerful and not just like, you know, 
jumping down to your knees and accepting failure at the first sign of defeat. Exactly, for sure. For sure. I love that, Lee. I love that. It's really powerful. And I think a lot, a lot of people will, will get a lot out of their life. They kind of adapt and maybe take on that mindset. It's, it's super, super liberating. I think feel like it will help a lot of people. Um, any, any last words for the listeners? Any, any sort of nuggets of growth? One thing I wanted to talk about actually is a quote that you put on your Instagram and it's from a Paul Weller song. I wanted to get your, uh, I wanted to get your, your thoughts on it. So it's bigger part when our instincts act a shot in the dark a movement in black more i see more i know the more i know the less i understand how do yeah. you think that it's the more again as we grow um and as we as we see the wider world and we see things beyond our immediate means the more the more we learn right the more we learn about the world and the greater that range the broader the horizons the, the more we realize that we know very little um, and that, you know, part of the, the growth journey is accepting <laughs> is I think what, what Paul Weller was talking about there is that um, it's very hard to understand the world around us, um, but we've got to keep evolving. We've got to keep changing. And that's what the personal growth journey is. It's about change. It's about evolution and it's about acceptance that um, <laughs> the more we, uh, the more we know, the less we understand is how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Lawrence, thanks very much, mate. I really appreciate that. That was a really, really good conversation. Powerful. I hope the listeners take a lot from that. Um, there is, there's some nuggets in there, which I mean, many people could apply to their life. So thanks for coming on and having a, having a chat about that. Thanks. I'm going to head into the garden centre and buy myself uh, a bush, a green bush for the bathroom. <laughs> a bush and a spade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thanks for having me, Lee. Well, thanks, Lawrence. Appreciate it. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.